bang, bang, bang. How, 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 how. How, 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 how. What up, world? What is going on? My name is RJ Ochoa, and you are hanging out on my weekly NFL podcast, the RJ Ochoa Show, or as it's known around the cool kids block, the RJO Show. I am also a staff writer for InsideTheStar.com and the host of Ocho Live, your only daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming option available on my own personal Periscope in the Inside the Star Facebook Live feed. The RJO Show is brought to you by Slant Sports Audibles, and let's kick it off and have a good time. Week two of the 2016 NFL season is in the books. That's right. We had spent so much time saying, man, I can't wait till football season gets here. It's been taking forever. Oh my gosh, when is it going to happen? And, you know, in the blink of an eye, two weeks of it is already coming gone. It's crazy when you think about it. And week two leading up to it, the big talk is you don't want to fall to 0-2 because 12% of teams that fall to 0-2 make the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. It's not impossible. It's not a kiss of death, um, but it's it's a flirting with death. You know, like if, if a kiss of death is, is ultimately being eliminated, it's like, you know, taking death to the movies, I would say 0-2 is, you know, the kiss seems like it's on its way. Um, and so not a good thing for the teams that have fallen to 0-2. Today's episode of the RJO Show is a special one. Later on in the show, I will be joined by my friend Ari Temkin of ESPN San Antonio. Ari is one of the hosts of The Hardline that you can listen to uh, from 11 to 2 every weekday uh, on 94.5 FM or 1250 AM here in the San Antonio area. Or you can check it out at ESPNSA.com or on the ESPN San Antonio app. You can follow Ari on Twitter at Ari, that's A-R-I, sports, um, as a big fan of of the show Entourage, it makes me just uh, a little bit happier that I finally have an Ari in my life. So we'll get to that later, but uh, you know, and in, in that, um, I should mention that Ari is a big Chicago Bears fan. So he and I will we'll talk about the Monday Night Massacre that was in Shy City and uh, preview the upcoming Cowboys Bears game. But before we get to that, let's talk about what happened in week two across the wide world of the National Football League. And it got started last Thursday night when the New York Jets visited their division rival, the Buffalo Bills, coached by Rex Ryan, who last year was 2-0 and versus his former team. And it was bad, if we're being honest. The score um, ended up being um, something that I think was a, a little bit more respectable than, than is, it felt like. It was 37-31 Jets, but it, it felt like the Jets handed this loss to the Bills. And, you know, the Bills put up 31 points, but after this game fired their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. Um, you know, you, it doesn't take a genius to look at this game and, and see that the defense is the issue for the Bills. I mean, they allowed 37 points to a team quarterbacked by Ryan Fitzpatrick and that saw Brandon Marshall scarily leave the game for a bit. And thank God he came back and is okay. But, you know, the takeaway from this game for me is that the Jets are, for real, seems too strong but the Jets are a playoff team as far as I'm concerned I think the Jets are capable of winning 10 games again and I think that the Jets are going to be an AFC wildcard team when it's all said and done their offense is a lot more explosive than I think we want to give them credit for Matt Forte had 30 carries a career high three touchdowns on the ground Eric Decker just a human touchdown machine Brandon Marshall like I said coming back and playing the hero and Ryan Fitzpatrick really not doing more than he has to which is a great thing Todd Bowles has himself a good bunch there in Gang Green and the Bills despite a, a great effort and a great showing from Tyrod Taylor just 
just don't have the goods. And it's unfortunate. You know, the Bills have such high hopes every season. They so badly want to be back in the playoffs and, and rekindle some magic there, um, you know, in, in the Buffalo area, but they just can't. And and I think that, you know, I think that we're, we might be seeing the last season of Rex Ryan in Buffalo. And, um, you know, I know we'll talk about the Bears later, but I was talking with, uh, you know, with my friend Jimmy Jalsethna, who's been on the show a lot. I think it's a bold prediction here, way too early bold prediction. I think that next season, 2017, Rex Ryan is the head coach of the Chicago Bears. That's right. I think he follows in his late father's footsteps, and it's a great story, and uh, and it continues to be just a sad overall theme for all those involved and connected to Rex Ryan's uh, you know current coaching team. But let's move on. And you know, Sunday was really interesting. It was so just injury field, which was unfortunate for so many of the NFL's great players. The New England Patriots, again, another misleading score here, 31 to 24. They came out victorious at home in their home opener against the Miami Dolphins to move to 2-0 and uh, in games without Tom Brady. They are halfway home, halfway back to Tommy Boy, and they are undefeated, which is a great thing. You know, many had said as long as the Patriots go 2-2, two and two, they'll be fine. And um, I think that the Patriots are certainly going to do more than two and two at this point. Jimmy Garoppolo, however, did, uh, as you've probably heard by this point, get injured. And it seems like Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter on Thursday night football when the Houston Texans come to town. I wonder if the Texans, by the way, will be wearing their infamous uh, Letterman jackets that they wore to New England before they got drubbed on Monday night football in 2012. But, um, yeah, the Patriots, it's just amazing. You look at what they're able to do. No Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. And they still come up with a big win at home against a division rival. These guys are just incredible. And I think we all reach a point in NFL fandom where you hate the Patriots and it's unfair. You think it's stupid. You think they're cheaters. But I think you come out of the other side um, from that tunnel where you just respect them and you respect their greatness and, and Belichick's greatness and the fact that they're just able to do it time after time after time. It's it's unreal, honestly. And um, if you're not a Patriots fan, you're insanely jealous of that, you know, level of consistency. Um, but hey, you know, we'll see what happens in week three. The Patriots, like I said, will get that going on Thursday night football at home against the Houston Texans. By the way, Thursday night football, and this started with the Jets-Bills game, now available on Twitter. You can stream the NFL Thursday night football games on Twitter. I think that this is the future, okay? And I've made, you know, no secrets about my belief in social media and uh, where media in general, not just sports but entertainment, is headed in terms of things like Periscope and Facebook Live. Shout out to Ocho Live. But the NFL streamed a game on Twitter, okay? And last week, Twitter launched a new app available for Apple TV and Amazon Fire Stick and Xbox One, and you can now download the Twitter TV app. You don't have to have a Twitter account or any kind of account, but you can watch NFL games for free. And I think that this is the future, and I think this is going to, in the next decade, really threaten cable services. Because I'm sure, you know, you, you the listener, either you or somebody you know, is a, is a cord cutter, somebody who's gotten rid of their cable service, who thinks they can get by with just Netflix and HBO Now and Hulu and, and whatever services you want. And now, you know, with things like Periscope, with things like Facebook Live, now, you know, this is the, the tip of the iceberg. I think that we're going to see a lot more integration of sports into Twitter and to Facebook Live. And um, pretty soon, cable services are 
are going to be outdated. I'm not saying that they'll become obsolete, but this is going to be an interesting decade of growth in technology. But uh, moving on, the Tennessee Titans went into Detroit and escaped with a 16-15 to win. Amir Abdullah uh, was hurt for the Lions, which is a, a tough deal if you've got him in fantasy. But thankfully for me, I have Theo Riddick, and I'm going up against my cousin this week who owns Amir Abdullah. So I'm on the right end of that swing. This was pretty shocking, honestly. The Lions looked, um, looked really interesting in week one when they beat the Colts, but just couldn't get it done at home against the Titans. And hey, the Titans are now 1-1. One one. We'll see what they're able to do. I mean, you know, th- this running attack of theirs hasn't really taken off, and they do welcome the Oakland Raiders this week. But um, I think the Titans are worth keeping an eye on. They are the only team besides the Houston Texans in the AFC South that have a win in 2016. Granted, we're two weeks in, but still, that's really interesting. The Baltimore Ravens fell down early in Cleveland against the Browns, um, who saw Josh McCown get hurt after RG3 got hurt in week one and uh, are now going to be relying on Cody Kessler. The Browns are going to, by the way, in week three, be starting their third quarterback in as many games, the first team since the 2008 Kansas City Chiefs to do so. But the Ravens were able to rally, come up with a big 25-20 to 20 win, and move to 2-0 and on the season. You know, we get so caught up in the Steelers and the Bengals and what that division is. It was, it was only two years ago, 2014, that the AFC North sent three teams to the playoffs. They had the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Bengals all, uh, all get there. And I think that we could be seeing that in the AFC again this season. The Ravens quietly, it is only two weeks again, but quietly staying alive, staying relevant, and, uh, you know, a John Harbaugh coach team is a good one, and they're going to be dangerous come November, December. So good for them getting the win. The Houston Texans at home trying to exercise the the ghosts of the Kansas City Chiefs that plagued them just a season ago, and they did. They won 19-12. to It was a great defensive effort uh, by the Texans, considering what the Chiefs were able to do and rally at home against the San Diego Chargers in Week 1. And this was impressive. You know, the Texans, I believe, have by far – the easiest route to the playoffs. They have the easiest division to play in because the Colts, Titans, and Jaguars all appear to be falling apart a little bit and have some glaring weaknesses. The Texans, as long as they just stay on cruise control, the AFC South is theirs. And I think that they really proved that by beating the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a big statement for them. And they caught some luck that... Jimmy Garoppolo is now hurt for the Patriots. They have a great chance and a great opportunity to move to 3-0 and and pick up that mini-buy before um, you know week, uh, week four begins. And I think the Texans are really, really interesting. Will Fuller just looks amazing. Lamar Miller is fifth in the NFL in rushing yards. Brock Osweiler... You know, I think the Texans got really fortunate that Brock was available when he was, but I think Brock was really fortunate that the Texans were available for him. It's just It just seems like everything is clicking right now for Houston, and they're going to be dangerous. Kudos to them for being 2-0. and The AFC North battle that I mentioned, the Steelers hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, started off with some rain, and it became a big D'Angelo Williams game late in it. Ben Roethlisberger is just the man and just owns the Bengals, and the Steelers were able to pick up the win 24-16. to Steelers 2-0 on the season as well. The Panthers just dropped a 40-burger at home on the San Francisco 49ers after an extra long week of rest after losing in the season opener, 46-27. I will say it's impressive that the 49ers were able to hang in for a little bit, but the Panthers seem to be back on track. The Dallas Cowboys obviously have a lot of Cowboys listeners thanks to my Inside the Star affiliation. Went into Washington um, with the threat of falling to 0-2 above their heads 
And you know what? Jason Garrett, got to give him a lot of props. The dude came out and was not conservative at all. He had a fourth and one that he went for on the Cowboys' second possession on the Washington 30-yard line, picked up 28 yards, and ended up converting that into a touchdown. was a big deal. If they had taken a Dan Bailey field goal, they would not have had those four points that they won the game by. And late in the third quarter, after the Cowboys went up 20-17, to 17, Jason Garrett dialed up a surprise onside kick, which was really great and really interesting. Impressive outing by the Cowboys defense, who in their last five defensive possessions limited the Washington Redskins to only six points. Pretty surprising. The Giants and the Saints, we all thought was going to be the shootout of the week, ended up being a 16-13 win in favor of the G-Men. The Cardinals got back on track at home against the Bucks, dropping their own 40-burger, 40-7. to The Rams in total Jeff Fisher fashion. After just getting destroyed in week one on Monday Night Football, 28 to nothing in San Francisco. They come home and beat the Seahawks 9-3. to It's so annoying how Jeff Fisher does that, but hey, that's, uh, that's the way he is. He'll probably get extended sometime soon. The Falcons went into Oakland and came away with uh, with a big win, 35 to 28. It was it was a back and forth offensive battle, and it was a lot of fun to watch in the late afternoon slot. The Chargers destroyed the Jaguars, 38 to 14. Broncos handled the Colts. Colts are really in danger of this season slipping away. I think early on, losing 34 to 20. Sam Bradford and the Vikings. This was really impressive. Sunday Night Football. Mike Zimmer, give him Coach of the Year already. Seriously, he is two and zero. He's lost Teddy Bridgewater, and now, as you all know. Adrian Peterson has a torn meniscus in his right knee and Mike Zimmer just keeps on trucking man this dude is just made of resiliency he's incredible and uh, you know he beat the Packers at home in the debut of the new U.S. Bank Stadium it looked phenomenal and it was uh, it was a great you know the primetime games this season really have been incredible so far Uh, we except for that Rams 49ers beatdown they've been some great games that we've had early on this season and finally on Monday Night Football the Eagles beat our guest Ari Temkin's Bears 29 to 14 Carson Wentz just like Dak Prescott seems to be the real deal and it seems like we're gonna have you know, God willing, hopefully for both teams here, a decade of incredible duels between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, hopefully with division championships on the line. And, you know, week two, I I think you walk away from it and you have some takeaways. And I think it's that in the AFC, the Patriots are still the class of it because Tom Brady isn't even there. They're 2-0. They found a way to get it done with Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they win with Jacoby Brissett, my goodness, the hype train will never, ever slow down. The Broncos, honestly, are surprising me. Their offense is doing more than enough, I feel like, to get it done. I mean, they put up 34 points on the Colts um, and – I mean, granted, some of that is influenced by the defense, but still the Broncos class of the AFC, you know, not skipping a beat. Their defense is for real. And on the NFC side of things, I think that we have to continue to take the Vikings for real because even though they're losing people left and right, Mike Zimmer is going to handle this and is going to get it done. So that was the week two recap. Week three is upon us. And right now we're going to jump into uh, my conversation with ESPN San Antonio's Ari Temkin and talk a lot about the Cowboys. So for all our Cowboys listeners, I know you're really going to enjoy this. And for our Bears listeners, we're going to talk about the upcoming game and everything that's going to be happening for these two teams on Sunday Night Football. We'll be right back after the break here on the RGO Show. Go 
Cowboys Nation. Our boys are one and one, and we want to talk about it. At InsideTheStar.com, we have all the latest news and analysis on the Dallas Cowboys, what's going on with the team, what's coming up in the next week, the latest injuries, projections, bold predictions, anything and everything you need concerning your team, we have your back. Because at Inside the Star, we are the voices of a nation, and we cater specifically to you. We get you covered on everything about the Dallas Cowboys because we know that's what you need. Check us out at InsideTheStar.com. Follow us on Twitter at InsideTheStarDC or at CowboysNation. Nation. Like us on Facebook, just search for Inside the Star, or hang out with us on Google+, Instagram, or Snapchat. Now let's get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Welcome into the RJO Show. Someone who I'm proud to say is a good friend of mine. Um, somebody who you can hear if you're a local San Antonio native on 94.5 FM, 1250 AM. If you're not, you can check them out at ESPNSA.com or the ESPN app, ESPN SA app, I should say, my good friend, Ari Temkin, the host, one of the hosts of The Hardline, you can check out 11 to 2, you can find on Twitter, at Ari Sports, Ari, how's it going? It's a good plug, man, you make me sound a lot cooler than I am. Well, I don't know, I think you're pretty cool, I think you you undersell your coolness. (laughs) I'm not as cool as Dak Prescott. That's true, you know, we're taping this, and, uh, or tape, people refer to tapes, like, people refer to NFL films, like, you gotta watch the tape, I hate that, you know, like, like, tape is so old uh but we're taping this and you just showed me your new pink iphone is it's, it it's rose gold it's rose gold but uh do you feel delicate very feel very dainty and delicate and uh it's it's empowering well the I th- estrogen is flowing through my veins because of this rose gold phone that i have let me just say that when you hear rose gold it's a lot different than seeing it like when somebody at the store says it's rose gold you're like eh it's not too bad yeah. But then you see it, and it's like, wow, that's actually a lot worse than I thought. I'll get a case, and that'll solve the problem. I don't like that you have the white iPhone. I like the front. I like the black one myself. But, um, but hey, yeah, each his own. White and black are the same, RJ. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but either way, that, that I think ups your coolness. You're selling yourself short. But, uh, yeah, Ari Temkin, one of the hosts of The Hard Line. So you, every day, talk for three hours about sports so as your friend naturally asked you to come here and talk about sports (laughs) (laughs) is is that just like you know what if i like if i had a friend who was like a a surgeon i was like yo you want to come over like do a quick appendectomy you know is is that the same thing you shouldn't ask your friend the surgeon to do that wow i've had an appendectomy like there's some jobs where that's okay yeah but not not surgeons yeah i mean i don't know i don't want to get specific to a point there, but I think surgeons is the one you probably want. You just want to go in and do it in a doctor's office. Uh, I you think don't want Dr. Nick Riviera performing an appendectomy on you in your house. It's funny. I didn't you know, mean this, but I brought up surgeons. Your job is a lot like a surgeon because you go into a controlled, almost sterile room. It's nothing like being a surgeon. It is. I mean, less <laughs> you go in. And um, I tell dick and fart jokes for three hours, RJ. What do you want from me? I'm not changing the world. Well, or, uh, you know. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not fighting for, you know, fighting for this country. I'm doing nothing important. Just tell dick and fart jokes for three hours. Well, you know, you usually start off the hard line by saying that happiness is a choice and that you thank people for choosing you. That's the happiness <laughs> the that people are choosing. The implication there is you chose happiness. <laughs> exactly. But it's a total bait and switch. So, uh, but, uh, I, you I know. set you up to think that I'm giving you happiness and you're a part of that. And then three hours later, like, shit, I wasted my life. 
It uh, kind of like I felt watching the Bears on Monday Night Football, my team. Let's talk about that because you are a Chicago Bears fan, Chicago native. Chicago native, uh, northern suburbs. So people that are from there get upset if you're from the suburbs and you say you're from Chicago. But in San Antonio, Texas, if I tell you that I'm from Highland Park, it doesn't really mean anything to you yeah. or anybody else. So we'll just say Chicago. But yeah, I'm a, I grew up a Bears fan, unfortunately, and I remain a Bears fan today. So is your favorite Kanye song that one where he's just like, Shot City, that, that <laughs> one? Because that's like the only line I know from that whole song. Isn't that uh, common? I think it's Kanye. I want to say it's in the song Homecoming. Um, I think he says it, and he's just like a little quick shout out. Do you ever have you ever naturally called it Shy City? Like, yeah, you know, or are you going this weekend? Are I'm going to Shy City? No, no, oh. no. The Shy City that like Common and Kanye and Derrick Rose are from a little bit different than where I'm from. Oh, have you, how many times have you been to the Bean? A few times. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> is that like what's funny is that's like one of the newer landmarks in Chicago. Oh, so people you know, are like like the water tower and the Sears Tower and the John Hancock building and like the corner of the cob parking structure. So people are like just now catching on and you're just like it's been here. Yeah, it's <laughs> like one of those like contrived newer landmarks, you know? Well, hey. You got to earn your stripes a little bit bean before you can become a big deal. Exactly. I agree. So the Bears though, we were talking this is like your So the Cowboys get a bye next week. <laughs> Basically, but the Bears are, like, your team. Like, that's your number one sports team in yeah, general. Yeah. You, you talk about sports, obviously. And you, you cover, you know, San Antonio area, Texas sport teams, which probably bring you more happiness. Um, in that case, happiness, not really a choice. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so the Bears are your go-to team. And they just got – you know, I think the score was misleading. They lost 29-14. to 14, And you look at that, and it's like, that's not that bad. You know, but it was way worse yeah. than that. Um, yeah, they had three uh, three turnovers in a row. Um, they scored seven points in the first half. They punted on fourth and two from the 40 of uh, Philadelphia. They're a mess. And the Cowboys have not beaten a team without Romo, not named the Redskins in a long time. They haven't won a home game in a long time. So they're going to do both of those on Sunday night. I think so. I actually agree with you. Now, because if the Cowboys can't beat the Bears in Sunday Night Football with Brian Hoyer starting, then they should just cancel the season. Well, and Brian might start. I was thinking about this. Jay Cutler hurt his right thumb, which as a quarterback is pretty important. Yeah. Although I don't think that that should be sold short to like everybody because we live in 2016. I don't know if you knew Ari. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, but you, I just think about how much you use your right thumb, like when you text or on your laptop. Or, you know, everything. Like, imagine, like, I couldn't function without my right thumb, and I'm not an NFL quarterback. You know, the scientists say that one of the greatest tools for the human being's evolution... Is the thumb. Is the thumb. The right or left? Opposable thumbs. Well, no, I got to know. The right or left? It's, it doesn't matter. Well, I already decided... Two opposable thumbs. I decided that you were a doctor, which makes you a scientist. <laughs> so you have to pick right or left. I'm only a doctor or a scientist when it's convenient for me. That's fair. So, this thumb issue... Your gut reaction right now, is Jay Cutler going to play? And even if you don't know, do you want him to play? Now that he's – because well, – yeah, I want him to play. But do no, you want Tony Romo to play? But see, normal Tony Romo is awesome. Normal Jay Cutler <laughs> is – Still better than Brian Hoyer? I don't know. I mean, well, okay, let's just yes, – let's. No, 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 you do know. <laughs> well, we both know. The answer to that question is yes. Okay, but he's not normal. So is a hindered thumb Jay Cutler better than Brian, uh, normal Brian Hoyer? Yes. Yeah, I think so, especially against the Cowboys' defense. 
Yeah. I think that this is like a match made in heaven, I think, for both teams. Because for the Cow- <laughs> for the Cowboys, it's, thank God, it's the Bears coming to town. But for us, the Bears, or for the Bears, it's, okay, we need to get back on track. We got the Cowboys defense coming up. No, it's a match made in heaven for both teams because it's an easy win for the Cowboys, and the Bears will stay on track to get a top three pick. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I, see, we were talking, I like the Bears. I want them to be good so much. And I know probably not as much as you. I'm, I'm going to guess, you know, but the Bears, this is sad. You know, it, it like, it, who, like who, who else besides maybe the Browns does it feel like their season's over after two weeks? The Bills. That's true. But that's the company you're in. Jacksonville. Oh, I don't think the Jacksonville season's over. I've got a little bit more faith in them. What was the score of the game against San Diego? It was um, forty-two to nothing. It was thirty-eight to fourteen. Thank you very much on behalf of Jaguar Nation. So they they got they squeaked in two touchdowns there at the end. That's true. You know I don't know. I mean it's sports is really hard, and and I think you know if you're in San Antonio, the Spurs have made winning look easy. The Patriots have done that, and that's I think a testament to how hard and how how good of a job a guy like Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford and Bill Belichick have done. They make winning look easy, and it's not. I mean, you look at all these franchises that stay bad. In the NBA, there's probably more than there are in the NFL because in the NFL, you you, you can have an immediate impact by drafting guys that can come in and immediately impact the team. In the NBA, there's a, there's it's just harder to be good in the NBA. Right. So it's the, the league is set up in the NFL – where you shouldn't be as bad as the Bears have been for as long as they've been, or Jacksonville, or Buffalo, or Cleveland, but yet they are. Because even within that scope, you still have to have the right scouts, you still have to have the right decision makers, making the right decisions for coaching, for personnel, because everything in football affects everything else. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you have a bad offensive line, you're... Your running game is going to be impacted, which means your quarterback's going to be impacted, which means your receivers are going to be impacted, and, and on and on and on. And so, you know, what the Cowboys have done is they've at least built themselves in the proper way, at least on one side of the ball, which is they established their offensive line, which is one of the best, if not the best, in football, which means now their running game is going to be better because of it, which means now their quarterback, whether it's Prescott or Romo, will be better because of it, which means now you get better, more fortuitous matchups on the outside. Mm-hmm. Now, the Cowboys haven't even scratched the surface on their capabilities with their running attack, but they will. And when that happens, I mean, they're they're going to be really, really difficult to stop. And I think part of that thinking was it doesn't matter how bad our defense is. When you can't stop our offense, yeah. we're going to be rolling. No, and that's – you know, it's frustrating because obviously I think it makes, makes common sense that you would want to be good everywhere. I don't know about you. That's my brilliant strategy uh, <laughs> in life, be good at everything. But I agree with you, you know – I think the Zeke pick is a microcosm of that whole disposition because you say, okay, what are we good at? The offensive line, let's go get good somewhere else. No, hell no. Let's be great. Let's be untouchable in one element. And if nobody can stop us there, that's how we're going to win games. But and, and I think that does, like you're saying, it obviously translates to Dak. Do you call him Dak or Prescott? Because I don't think Prescott sounds as cool. That's a good point. I think Dak I sounds know. far cooler. He doesn't, he hasn't. Well, I guess we'll, that'll thing that will naturally it's a thing that will naturally occur. I think yeah. Dak though cuz it's so easily made into other words. Right, like there's so many puns. Like quarter Dak, Dak to the future, um Dacamoles. Dacamoles. Like an animal? Like are you saying like whack-a-mole? It kind of sounds like that. That's not your strongest. Should take another swing at it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a mulligan. Dacuses? 
you, you've got Dak attack, like literally just staring you in the face, and <laughs> you're you're taking these. Uh, uh how about uh, Dak sanity? I like that. I like uh, I like Dak. And see, that, that was like, but sometimes puns are, are too uh, too easy because like after the Cowboys beat the Redskins, obviously Kirk Cousins is I like that. Everybody's like, hello, you like Dak? You like like, dude. You're the 84,000th person to make this joke. <laughs> Literally every week, every play, every bad throw with Cousins, it's like, do you like that? Yeah, is you know, it was cool when Cousins said it the first time, and then, like, literally from the second time on have been annoying. So how – you have a pretty good uh, idea of Cowboy Nation, right? That's true. I think so. How confident are Cowboys fans after two weeks? Well, in general, Cowboys fans – are always supremely confident. So that's the difference between Cowboys and the Bears. Like every year, the Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl. The Bears are like, oh god, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that you look at the Cowboys right now, and you say, this was a this was a difficult thing to be handed in the first two weeks. The only other team in the NFL who had two division opponents to start the season was the Rams. Managed to go 500 just like the Cowboys. Right. And which I hate that by the way. I agree, but and, and you know last year the Cowboys went two and zero. It's a unique advantage. But I agree with you. You get six division games. They should be spread out. You want to play one week one or week two, fine. But both of them, week one and two, can drastically shape a season. I mean, you win your division. You win You win your division. You win your division, I was going to say. But if, oh. if you win more games than you lose in your division, obviously you're put in position to win those games, to win your division. So I think you don't want to be playing those important games at the early part of the season. That's where they should really schedule those AFC-NFC games, the games yeah. that really don't matter at all. Exactly. Like you said, I mean – you know, the Cowboys rushing attack hasn't really – rushing a, a deck, if you will. <laughs> uh, but, like, you want to see – you want to – like, you know, I believe the NFL is a better place, and this goes for college football or NBA or whatever, when the classic teams are good. And so I want to see prime Cowboys versus prime Redskins. I want to see it when, when they're both at the top of their game. And that – you know, I'm glad the Cowboys won, but that wasn't the case. You know, Cowboys will be better. Redskins will be better right. in November and December. Uh, but I think in general, the, Cow- the Cowboys fans, I think, have a reason to be confident because if you can – the offense, it feels stagnant um, comparatively co- to what it can be. I looked this up, and it took me like an hour, but I'm really proud of this, Ari. The Cowboys have no passing touchdowns through two games. That has never happened before in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. They have never gone the first two games of the season with no passing touchdowns. They have, what, three touchdowns? Um. I believe so because they had Zeke has two rushing touchdowns and Dak, and Dak has, has one the rushing touchdowns. Oh, and then Alfred, so four, four rushing touchdowns. Wow, but no passing touchdowns through two games, and like you think that's about, you think like two games, it's not a lot, you know. The Rams don't have any touchdowns through two games. That's true, but that's the company you're in if you think about it. And so, but that's you know, so you're kind of stagnant offensively, and Dak will get better, or Romo will come back, one or the other, or Zeke will get going. Um, so I think confidence is there, and I think it, it should be there. But I think that you know I've been saying for a while I think the Cowboys are going to go three and one this first quarter. You know, thirty three percent of that being at the expense of you and your happiness, which again isn't a choice in this instance. But um, no, happiness is a choice. <laughs> I can choose not to watch the Bears, then I'd be happy. That's but you that you're literally not choosing that. You're going to that game. So if you're going to the game, RJO show listener, go say hi to Ari. Yeah. He'll be there. He'll be, be the guy the, uh, with the guy with the sad face on. I'll be the guy with the Dick Butkus jersey on. Yeah. But, you know, I think that this is the best hand, if you're a Cowboys fan, you can have. Because it's the best 
way to get going because after that first quarter, if they're three and one, they got the Bengals and the Packers, and those are probably two losses. Well, I think. I mean, when the season started, you had to be optimistic about the Cowboys because they have the easiest schedule, and I think the best metric for the for easiest schedule, which is opponents' Vegas win loss totals to start the year. They have the lowest uh, win loss total or win total opponents for anybody else in the league, which is which is fantastic because I, Vegas is pretty good at knowing win loss totals when the season starts. So, mm-hmm. I mean. They play the AFC North, which is traditionally a decent division. But yeah. But beyond that, they're playing the NFC North, which is not very good. Aside from the Packers, the Vikings are spicy. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I'm not. I'm not convinced they are. In fact, I think that the Vikings beating the Packers on Sunday night probably says more about the Packers than it does about the Vikings. That's fair. Um, so I mean, I think if they can go three and one in the first four, you know, month of the season, I mean, that would be. It's a victory. Huge victory for them. Because they, I mean, I think if they can go be four and three by the time Romo gets back and he's able to come back after eight weeks, then they'll be in prime position, assuming Romo can then stay healthy, which is the big question. But I I mean, obviously, everybody's excited about Dak as they should be, but the ceiling for the Cowboys is way higher with Romo. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation yesterday with my co host, David Chancellor, and he was like, can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl this year with Romo? Which is a good question. Yeah. I think maybe, yeah. I mean, if you're holding a gun in my head, I'd probably say sure. I mean, I'm not sure how, how close they are to the Cardinals or the Panthers, who look like obviously the two best teams by far in the conference. But And then the Packers will get there, like you're saying. Exactly. So, you know, I – so the question then is, if, if, they're not a, if they're not really a Super Bowl contender, then why not just go with Dak the entire season? Because now you you need to develop this guy that's the future of your franchise. Because if Romo gives you a better ceiling, and Romo gives you a better chance to win more games today, but if the end, at the end of the day, if the goal is to win a Super Bowl and you're not, we don't think the Cowboys are there, Yeah. then what's more important? Winning more games and stacking wins and padding Romo's stats but not winning a Super Bowl? Or the development. Or the development in mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. I agree. You know, I think if you say what's a perfect situation for Cowboys fans, I think it's Tony Romo comes back. He's incredible. They win the Super Bowl. Just so that we can all feel this internal peace. He, you know, he got it. He did it. You know, because that's sort of the, the the thing is, man, you know, I really don't want him to retire because he just deserves it so much. Him and Witten, you know, whatever. So the perfect scenario is he comes back, he does it, he retires. We're all able to say thank God and, and sort of be therapized and move on with Dak and, and go do it again. Is that, so- I mean, that's got to happen Right, so, obviously. But, I mean, no, again, it starts with whatever your premise is. So if your premise is the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl this year if Romo is healthy. Right. Then you play Romo. Then it's no question about playing Romo. But if you don't – and I think – I truly believe the Cowboys think that. I truly believe Stephen Jones and Jason and Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones and the Cowboys brass truly believes they can win a Super Bowl if Romo is healthy. So any questions about who this quarter, who the quarterback will be when Romo is healthy can go away. And, yeah. If they're six and one, and Romo's healthy, he's back. They're no. going to Romo because yeah. they think they can win a Super Bowl if Romo's healthy. Which means nothing else matters because Romo's going to be their quarterback when he's health when he's healthy, regardless of what their what their record is. By the way, they're not going to be six and one. <laughs> well, that makes sense. You know, Tony Romo has never played a game where he's mathematically been eliminated from playoff contention. Something I'm very proud of. Uh, I wear like if I I might get a tattooed on my forehead. Just <laughs> seriously, uh, that's uh, I don't think it'll fit. Well, it might. 
My forehead's big enough. I, think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> I'll stretch it down to my nose if I have to. But so I think if that remains true, like you're saying, he's in there, he's whatever. Because there's all this conversation now this week after Dak looked good. Is, is there a quarterback controversy? Dak saying, no way. Dak, Dak himself saying this is Romo's team. But yeah, I think you're right. As long as that remains true, as long as there's, you know, one modicum of a chance, Romo's in there, they're, they're going all the way until right. until they can't. But you're right. I mean, the moment that, that, um, that that's compromised, okay, Dak, go in there, let's see what you can get. Get more experience, get whatever on top of what he got on his way to 6-1, and one, which might happen. Well, but, I mean, this is a, this is a good – you know, pretty good situation for the Cowboys to find themselves in because, I mean, it, if they don't find Dak Prescott and so they have the same quarterback situation they've had in years past, man, would it be hard to be optimistic about this franchise because they've, they've spent the last essentially five, six years building a good offense around Romo so they can be really, really good. Yeah, tailor-made just for him. And then, and then of course, by the time it's ready, yeah, now he's not. It's, it's so – just painfully ironic that Tony played with one of the most porous offensive lines and was magnificent and now has, you know, well, like you're saying, and like I think everybody agrees, are, you know, inarguably the greatest one in the league. But it really only enhances the most important piece about how you are successful in the NFL, which is just draft the best available player every time. Because you never, everybody that talks about drafting in need neglects the fact that what is what is a need next year can become a not a need that year and yeah. something that wasn't a need now becomes a need. It's just so hard to tell. The average career of an NFL player is like two years. So it's it's really difficult to find guys that you think year over year over year over year are going to be consistent and successful. That's why the best franchises in the NFL take the best player on their draft board regardless of position every round and those teams are going to be successful more times than not because when you draft for need again you are over drafting positions that you think you'll need and then you're undervaluing positions that will eventually become needs yeah I, I agree with you and I think that that I think the Zach Martin pick is sort of indicative you know Zach Martin falls you know what do we do here Ryan shazier has gone this is obviously two years ago so you know what Zach, right. Zach Martin's the best guy take Manziel <laughs> thank god they didn't I can't imagine my life in 2016 if they had <laughs> But I think, uh, you know, I think we saw that in the Jets last year. Sheldon Richardson falls to them. They say, man, I don't know, we don't know what to do. Right. He's the best player. And now look at their defensive line. It's unstoppable. And so I think you're right. I think you should maybe be the general manager of the Bears, potentially. You know, I, I believe this, and I told you this. I think that you and I could run the Bears. And literally, we could not go to the Combine. We could not go to the Senior Bowl. We could just be on Twitter. Again, follow Ari, at Ari Sports. <laughs> And read all the mock drafts and be on the clock at like 17 overall and pick a guy based on just that and he would be fine. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I don't want to run the Bears. Oh. <laughs> we could do it. Shy City. We talked about it. But, you know, so, okay, Cowboys, Bears, mm, this game. And let's, let's stop picking on the Bears, by the way. You know, about, you know, when I was a little kid, I had this stuffed bear and he was my go to, like stuffed animal, and his name was Bear. So this is a sensitive subject for me, Ari. This is I'm tapping well, into that soft bear was way tougher than the Chicago Bears. Wow. Well, his his name was Bear, so Bear will be um be proud to hear that. I think. Um, <laughs> so with Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> so this game, though, obviously it's a different game if Brian Hoyer plays. But I think you know Brian Hoyer came in on Monday night, took some deep shots. So you know, hey, I've got Alshon Jeffrey, I've got Kevin White. I should throw them the ball. Apparently nobody else in, in the Bears facility can realize Let me this. ask you a question before you go any further. Who's a better quarterback, Kirk Cousins or Brian Hoyer? 
Wow. Um, I think I think I would rather have Brian Hoyer. If You're I'm being crazy, RJ, but, you've never seen Brian Hoyer play. That's not true. <laughs> I, I, Brian Hoyer had a great. The answer to the question is Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. Br- Brian Hoyer had. A... I mean, you're picking between the tallest midget, but Brian or er, Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback. This is interesting. So when when you look at that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, part of why the Cowboys won on Sunday against the Redskins was, was because Kirk Cousins missed missed guys. Yeah. Quite frankly, I mean, if Kirk Cousins finds a guy in the end zone, if he throws the ball away, it doesn't throw into the arms of Barry Church, do the Cowboys win the game? Yeah. If Kirk Cousins finds Deshaun Jackson or many of the other receivers that he missed deep, do the Cowboys win the game? Now look, what ifs or what ifs. I'm not saying the Cowboys got a cheapy win. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is if Kirk Cousins missed those guys, what do you think Brian Hoyer is going to do on Sunday night? Well, I think the Cowboys defense is going to be aided by an offense that through – Eight quarters of the NFL season, the Chicago Bears has not been very good, whether it's been Brian Hoyer or Jay Cutler. So the biggest the biggest flaw of the Cowboys is their defense. Absolutely. Well, when you're going up against an offense that's put up, what, 14 points in week two, they put up uh, – 14. 14 in week one? Well, seven offensively. Seven are courtesy of Eddie Royal. Talk right. about the Bears. Okay, so and what? how many they put up in week one? Um, the Texans, the less than 14. The Bears and so, we... I mean, you're talking about a team that is averaging 11, 12 points a game through two weeks. Mm-hmm. So a, a bad offense against a bad defense with the Cowboys, all they have to do is not turn the ball over with a quarterback that has not turned the ball over. They'll be fine. They'll well, be fine. They play Jason Garrett's ultra-conservative game plan, and they'll be fine against the Bears. You see, you bring up the word conservative. That's honestly why I'm more... I don't want to use fearful because fearful and Brian Hoyer should never mix, but more apprehensive about Brian than I am Kirk because like Brian comes in and he starts going his playmakers right away. Granted, overthrowing them just terribly because because he's Brian Hoyer, but still that conservatism approach doesn't seem to exist as much in Brian Hoyer's you know putrid body than than it does in Kirk Cousins or Jason Garrett for that matter. And Jason Garrett, you know, even him. Let me got- tell you, you have an irrational fear. <laughs> my mom, like I'll go fishing, and my mom will send me an article from a, a newspaper about um, a newspaper is like a printed printed out blog. Oh, yeah, the old, so that old my, thing. My mom will send me like a newspaper article about some kid that like drowned fishing on a fishing boat, right? And it's like that's an irrational fear. Yeah, like, that's why it's a news. That's why it's news. You don't see, you know, heart disease is the number one killer of Americans, right? You don't right. see newspaper articles about heart disease killing somebody else. So it's like my mom sends me this article like, hey, you should be fearful of drowning in the water. And it's like, oh, yeah, I get that. But that's those re- that's news because it's rare and it doesn't happen. It's an irrational fear. That's the fear you have with, right now with Brian Hoyer. You have this irrational fear that <laughs> Brian Hoyer is going to go to AT&T Stadium and throw for 355 yards and find Alshon Drive for four touchdowns. I'm telling you, you're more likely to be killed fishing and drowning in the water than you are that happening. That's a really colorful way to put that. And if I learned anything, it's to be – unafraid of newspaper headlines because <laughs> because, because they're irrational they're, fears they're the rarities they're the uh, rarities but when you start seeing newspaper articles about heart disease then you should be fearful because that's the number one killer of americans well next time you go fishing i'll be thinking about you a lot and, and praying for you and, and hoping everything's okay and do the same when i eat a cheeseburger next time <laughs> you know i do think the cowboys will win i think the cowboys are going three and one this first quarter but I'm still – I don't – I think that – like I said, I think this is a match made in heaven because I think the the Cowboys' defense is the best. You know, I think about 
uh, The Longest Yard, the movie um, with Adam Sandler. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's it's your favorite movie. I can tell. Um, Adam Sandler hasn't done any good movies since Big Daddy. That's oh, a fact. When I was a little it's kid, not even an opinion. When I was a little kid, I used to walk around like quoting The Water Boy all the time. It's, it's a great movie. Yeah, but you're right. He's everything fu- until Big Daddy, and everything after Big Daddy is like just awful. Awful. Yeah, I went awful. I, I went and saw Just Go with It in theaters. The movie with Jennifer Aniston, and people were laughing, and I was offended. I was like, "You guys <laughs> think this is funny?" Um, you know, I thought that movie would have been like the entire time. Like, this is funny. Just go with it. Just, just, just <laughs> laugh. And this is, you're, you should find this funny. I'm Adam Sandler. Remember me from uh, Saturday Night Live? Opera Man. Remember me? Just go with it. Just go. Just go with it. That's that's what I thought the entire movie would would have been. And if it would have been that, it probably would have been funnier. I agree. Um, maybe the title was chosen specifically to to do that. I you know. Well, I went. I went to uh, the Cowboys Packers game last year in Lambeau. By the way, to Adam Sandler's credit, it's really hard to be really funny for a really long time. Oh, for sure. I mean, to continue, like that's the thing. He's tried to be the same type of funny. Yeah. I, I, I like when I was uh, in in Green Bay one night in the hotel, I watched that movie Pixels because I thought it was going to be cool because it had what all that. What are you that, doing? Wasting your life. I was in a hotel room, like I said, and um, it, in Green Bay. Yeah, well, you didn't go to downtown Green Bay and well, throw some drinks back. It was you literally could have done a hundred things that would have been a better use of your time. That's and that's true. I can't, I can't, de- I can't defend it. But the point is, is that the movie I thought it would be cool because it had all those like video game characters. Like it looked, I was it was my last chance that I was going to give Adam Sandler, and uh, I regret it. Yeah, I, I regret it. I mean, anytime you see like Kevin James, Adam Sandler. Oh God, yeah, I know. I mean. Just, like a hundred things you could do that's a better use of your time. Well, so the longest yard. In, in the seminal comedy, Longest Yard, with Adam Sandler. A movie that defined my generation. Right. Michael Irvin in it. Hey. Yeah, Chris so Rock. That's true. Um, and uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. I almost forgot Burt Reynolds' name. Uh, but, you know, he, he talks about, he's like, he tells he's like the, the guard like leader. He's like, oh, yeah, we played this crappy team every year, you know, start the season off just to give us some confidence, whatever. And that's when the whole, like, impetus of the movie. And I think that that's what this – this matchup is Bears offense, Cowboys defense for whoever it ends up coming out on top. It's okay. What do we need to get our confidence back? It's the opposing side of this ball. And again, maybe the Bears come out on top, but it's that that's going to define. See, I think it's the opposite. I think the matchup in this game is the the Cowboys offense versus the Bears defense because if the Cowboys offense puts up points, they're going to win because the Bears can't keep up with points. They can't score. They they haven't scored through two games. Even when Jay Cutler's in there, they put up seven points the first half. They didn't score any points the second half against Houston. So, like, the Cowboys' ability to expose and exploit a banged-up Bears defense is going to be this game. If they can put up three touchdowns, heck, if they can put up two touchdowns and four field goals, Jason Garrett's favorite, they're going to win this game. The Bears cannot keep up with them offensively. So the Cowboys can do what they were built to do, which is put up a lot of points. Now, I know they weren't built to do that with Dak Prescott as their quarterback, but they've shown an ability to drive the ball consistently with Dak. Now, if they can get pay dirt instead of threes, they're going to win this game easily. They just need to expose the Bears' defense, which lost Lamar Houston probably for the season last night. Eddie Goldman, who's their promising second-year nose tackle, is going to is probably not going to play Sunday. I mean, they were down to they had two safeties uh, that there's two starting safeties are out with concussions. Who knows if they'll play Sunday? So, I mean, that that's the game right there. If the Cowboys' offense can score which they should be able to, there's no way the Bears can keep up with them. That makes a lot of sense. It makes me really happy, but I know you, uh, you're miserable. 
that doesn't make me happy for what it's worth. And but but you know what? The life of a surgeon. Life is too short. The, the life of a surgeon is a miserable one. <laughs> and uh, this game is on Sunday Night Football. What do you think of Carrie Underwood's new Sunday Night Football anthem? I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. Are you serious? Yeah. We've had two Sunday Night games you haven't heard. But you know it changed, right? Yes. I missed the old one. Just because it had this, like, I don't know if you remember this. So the whole thing was like she's been waiting all day for Sunday night. They used to, I believe, this stopped in 2007. Do these like little skits before the game with a, a player or a coach that was in that game, and sort of like them sitting around waiting, and then they would look at the camera and be like, "I've been waiting all day for this." And then they would lead into the song, which was waiting all day for Sunday night. I missed that. What happened? We broke as a society. Yeah, I guess that. And I mean, are you ready? Are you ready for some football? Once oh. we got rid of that, yeah. all bets were off. That's true. Theme songs in general. I mean, now um, we don't have Are You Ready for Some Football? We don't have Mike Tariq on Monday Night Football. We have Sean McDonough, who is... I like... I think he's doing okay, but I miss Mike Tariq. Yeah, he's no Mike Tariq. Yeah. And that's a problem. I mean... I feel like... My buddy texted me, and he said, I feel like I'm watching a Big Ten game at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning when I watch Sean McDonough do Monday Night Football. His voice just has that feel. It does. It really does. It does. Or, or like, a, like a March Madness basketball game. Um, <laughs> and But Ari is a Kansas basketball fan, went yeah. to the University of Kansas. Yeah. So at least you've got that in your life. You know, That's a good point. You've got Kansas basketball. It's not all bad. Plus I have my health, uh, you know, I have uh, some some happiness, so I don't have to you know, be, comp- be a complete downer. You have a rose gold iPhone. Why do we have to continue to mention that? It, that's inc- <laughs> it's inconsequential to this podcast. But what, at, at this point on, you know, today that we're recording this, we'll go recording, not taping. Are you more proud of your rose gold iPhone? Or of your Chicago Bears. I'm gonna I'm gonna recuse myself <laughs> from answering that question. Well, I uh, I don't blame you, but this has been a blast. Um, Thanks I, for asking me to come on, RJ. I appreciate I, it, man. I appreciate it. Had a good time. Hopefully, first of many. And again, follow Ari on Twitter at Ari Sports. And uh, you know he's got some great takes. He's relentless on Twitter. <laughs> I, I really think so. He's Ari's the best follow. His his sarcasm is so detectable on Sundays. Uh, you know he he'll go after anybody. Nobody is safe. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Well, hey man, it was a it was a fun ride, and I thank you for coming on. Yeah. Hey, good luck in surgery this afternoon. Thank you. Shot City, Shot City. Coming home again. Do you think about me now and then? Yeah. Do you think about me now and then? What up, world? The future is here. That's right. I'm a big and firm believer in the future of media in terms of sports and entertainment, and I believe that Periscope and Facebook Live are the future, and we are indeed here. That's why every single day I stream on Ocho Live. You can watch it on my own personal Periscope or the Inside the Star Facebook feed. We talk about whatever's going on in the world of the Dallas Cowboys, and then I get on Ocho Live following every Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night game to recap that game and have a great group discussion. Be a part of the future. Be a part of Ocho Live. It's going to be fun. It's going to be the next big thing, and we want to say that we did it together. Let's get back to this episode of the RJO Show. Welcome 
Welcome back to the RJO Show. We are having a great time here. And I know that you're having a great day because, like Ari says on the hard line, happiness really is a choice. And I thank you for choosing happiness in all uh, in all your life's conquests. And uh, congratulations to you on that. Thank you so much to ESPN San Antonio's Ari Temkin for taking the time to talk Cowboys, talk Bears, talk life and sports in general. It was a whole heck of a lot of fun. You can and you absolutely should follow Ari on Twitter at Ari Sports. That's A-R-I Sports. And, um, you know, this Cowboys-Bears matchup on Sunday night is really interesting. I do think that the Cowboys defense and Chicago offense is, you know, sort of like, man, thank God we get to go up against that opposing side of the ball. It's it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be our first chance to see rookie Dak Prescott on the national stage. It is Sunday night football, which the Carrie Underwood song, I'm warming up to. I really, really like the old one, but the new one is growing on me, and I think a lot of it is that I want to like it, so I'm sort of willing myself there, but uh, either way, um, I, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited for this whole slate of games. You know, week three, there are storylines for teams that are already starting to develop. This is where it begins, and nobody wins the Super Bowl in week three, but you certainly can lose it. I mean, if 0-2 is taking death to the movies, then 0-3 is like buying the popcorn and going in and sitting down and putting your arm around it because you are on the way to the kiss of death. And I think the first game to get this week started is really interesting. Not really anything on the line for somebody, except somebody is not going to be undefeated when this game is over. The undefeated Texans will be in New England to take on the undefeated Patriots, quarterbacked by Jacoby Brissett. And this is, I think this is lose-lose for the Texans, honestly. Because if they win, it's, oh man, they beat a Jacoby Brissett quarterback team. You know, big deal. Congratulations. Julian Edelman was the backup quarterback. He didn't really accomplish much. And if they lose, well, I mean, <laughs> they lost to Jacoby Brissett. And this, this, that's why this game is so huge for the, or huge in terms of value for the Patriots. Because if you lose, oh, hey, dude, I mean, you had Jacoby Brissett, no big deal. Tom Brady's coming back soon. You got Jimmy Garoppolo. Things look great for you and the future. And if you win, dude, Belichick, you just won a game against one of the top teams in your conference with Jacoby Brissett. Respect. And um, so that's a, a really interesting game. Something else that I, I'm really excited to watch is, and I hate that it's a noon game, the Vikings in Carolina. I mean, the Vikings are 2-0. and Sam Bradford looked great in his Minnesota debut, but being on the road in Carolina is, is a whole different thing. Uh, the Panthers look to be regaining their 2015 form. And if they could put 40 points up on the 49ers, not that San Francisco is anything special, you have to wonder if Mike Zimmer's stout Viking defense is going to be able to slow them down. Uh, because Cam is Cam. He's the reigning MVP for a reason. But I tell you what, if the Vikings go into Carolina and they get that win, Holy smokes, we are going to really have to slow down the hype train on the Vikings because it's going to be at an all-time high. I also think the Broncos in Cincinnati is a sneaky great game too just because the Bengals have been one of the top AFC teams for uh, for the last five years and the Broncos obviously 2-0 and looking good. Going into the jungle though is, uh, is always a, a, a tall order. They did come away with that win last year though. Uh, when A.J. McCarron quarterbacked the Bengals. But, hey, you know, if uh, if the Broncos do this again, I mean, 
the the Bronco defense is just absurd at this point. They will be playing without DeMarcus Ware. That's going to change a lot of things, and that's why I think this game could go in favor of Cincinnati. The poor Bills are just going to get destroyed by the Cardinals. You know, if they didn't fire anybody on the defensive side of the ball last week, they are going to have a tough time looking in the mirror uh, come next Monday. Also, I think that the Ravens-Jaguars game is good because the Ravens, like I said, they're 2-0. and They're sort of sneaky, hanging on, uh, and sort of flying under the radar. And the Jaguars are 0-2. You know, the Jaguars lost at home to the Packers in, in their season opener. They lost in San Diego. If the Jaguars fall to 0-3, you know, I feel this way about three teams, the Jaguars, the Buccaneers, and the Raiders. I'm disappointed in them because I want to believe in that hype. You know, I want to believe in these three teams, the Jags, the Bucks, and the Raiders. I want to say, man, you guys got this young talent. You're so good. You know, you're going to be great in, in the next few years. You're going to run your, your division and your conferences for a long time, and, and you're ready to, to maybe take that leap. But all three of those teams last week fell flat on their face. Uh, the Raiders, not so much flat, but just, you know, completely unjustified the the hype that was surrounding them and so it it was a bummer for that and the Jaguars if they lose at home to the Ravens then yeah it really was all hype Jacksonville you know you brought in all these people Malik Jackson drafted Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack and you signed Chris Ivory you've got the Allen brothers and Blake Bortles I heard that you know I, I heard this on the radio Blake Bortles has something like three touchdowns in the first quarter in his career now, you think about that, and that is amazing. Okay, this is Blake Bortles' third season, so it's not like he's played 100 games. But that is really indicative of the fact that his stats are uh, are drastically inflated by garbage time. And so I think the Jaguars are in a situation, not that their 2016 depends on, but if, if they want people to believe that they are for real for a little while, they need to finally make a statement. I also think the Chargers in Indianapolis is great. The Chargers are probably the best one-in-one team right now, although they are now without Keenan Allen and without Danny Woodhead, although Melvin Gordon looks to be um, living up to his hype from a season ago. Finally, you know, um, showing what he showed at Wisconsin there uh, in his amazing collegiate career. I think the Chargers could easily be 2-0, and and I think that they'll go into Indianapolis and they'll get that win, and they'll sort of wake the world up to what is happening with Andrew Luck and, you know, the, the Colts. You know, it was really great when – the players and the Colts and everybody sort of rallied to have um, Chuck Pagano and, and, and Ryan Grigson keep their jobs in Indianapolis. And it was, it was great. Like, you know, if it had been like a Disney movie, like draft day, it would have been sort of the final scene. Everybody would have celebrated, but I mean, there was a reason why Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson's jobs were on the line and we're seeing it unfold in front of our very eyes, their offensive line and their secondary are flaming hot garbage and that's the worst thing for Andrew Luck I mean you're saying okay dude your secondary is awful so you got to score a ton of points but by the by your offensive line is also really bad so you got to do it with pass rushers coming at you left and right Um, although I mean obviously they do have Ryan Kelly who they drafted in the first round but still the Colts are about to buy you know that big tub of popcorn for death I'm also excited to see the Jets in Kansas City. Those are two top AFC teams. They're great, great AFC matchups this week. Really just fantastic ones. And I'm really excited for the Monday night game, Atlanta in New Orleans. That's 
always a great matchup. And, you know, this is the 10-year anniversary of the Saints reopening of the Superdome. If um, if you've got NFL Network, they are having an episode uh, of the timeline about that uh, that time period, about the first Monday night game when Steve Gleason blocked the punt. And I know you remember it when U2 and Green Day performed at halftime. I cannot wait to watch that. I'll be tweeting my thoughts about that. And so that'll be a great, uh, great cap to what should be an incredibly fun-filled week three. And this week three, we'll dive into more on the next episode of the RJO Show, which will be posted on Friday morning, uh, early afternoon, talking about week three, all the upcoming storylines, and getting some game picks. I know that you like that. We'll also review the Thursday night game between the Texans and the Patriots. For now, again, thank you to Ari Temkin for coming out and joining the RJO Show Talking Cowboys Bears. Thank you to you for listening, for hanging out, having a good time, and I bid you adieu. I'll see you later this week. Make sure you're watching Ocho Live on Periscope and the Inside the Star Facebook Live, and we'll have a good time doing all of those things. It's football season, the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm just, guys, I'm on cloud nine, honestly. This is awesome. Seriously, I love life. So, as always, go Cowboys, and peace out! Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Get down on it. By standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall Tell me How you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance By standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall I heard all the people saying